Hello, I'm Pastor Daniel Flukey from St. Peter Lutheran Church. We are a congregation of the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America, the ELCA, serving in Green, Iowa. Today is Sunday, March 13th, the second Sunday in the season of Lent, and also Happy Daylight Savings Time Day. If you're watching this because you miss church, I'm glad you're watching this. It's always nice to see who's worshiping with us, so if you're willing, go ahead and comment good morning on this video, and you don't have to say if you overslept, but commenting helps uh, other people in the community to find the video, and of course you can share this post, and that will definitely help people see it as well. Before we get into today's scripture reading and message, I want to make sure you know about our in-person midweek Lenten services that we do with the other churches in town, some of them. So this week we're focusing on uh, the third verse, maybe it's the fourth verse, of Psalm 23. Our theme for this season is Shepherd Me, O God. So this Wednesday, March 16, we will have a potato bar supper here at church provided by church council. Supper will be at 5.30 and then worship at 6.15. So hope you can join us in person on Wednesday. I will also mention that next weekend we are dedicating quilts and kits for Lutheran World Relief. So if you're around, I hope you can be here for that. Always one of my favorite things to do in worship, um, especially on Sunday. After the service on Sunday, we'll have a guest speaker with us on Zoom from Lutheran World Relief to talk about what happens to those quilts and kits after we send them off. Two more announcements for you. I know there's a lot today. And then we'll get to today's story. So first, I want to let you know that we have managed to secure another date for church directory pictures. So if you were not able to get your picture taken in February, the photographer will be back here on Wednesday, April 27th. So call the church office to sign up and to reserve your spot. Finally, the Luther League youth going to Pennsylvania this summer are selling take and bake pans of spaghetti. So if you want a spaghetti bake pan, you need to sign up this week so we know how much to make. Comment below or contact Kristen if you're interested in a pan of spaghetti bake. And those will be available for pickup two weeks from today on Sunday, April 27. Today's scripture reading is from Genesis 15, verses 1 through 12 and 17 through 18. After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. Do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield. Your reward shall be very great. But Abram said, O Lord God, what will you give me? For I continue childless, and the, the heir of my house is Eleazar of Damascus. And Abram said, You have given me no offspring, and so a slave born in my house is to be my heir. But the word of the Lord came to him, This man shall not be your heir. No one but your very own issue shall be your heir. The Lord brought Abram outside and said, Look toward heaven and count the stars if you are able to count them. Then he said to him, So shall your descendants be. And Abram believed the Lord, and the Lord reckoned it to him as righteousness. Then he said to him, I am the Lord who brought you from Ur of the Chaldeans to give you this land to possess. But he said, O Lord God, how am I to know that I shall possess it? He said to him, Bring me a heifer three years old, a female goat three years old, a ram three years old, a turtle dove, and a young pigeon. He brought him all these and cut them in two, laying each half over against the other, but he did not cut the birds in two. And when birds of prey came down on the carcasses, Abram drove them away. 
As the sun was going down, a deep sleep fell upon Abram, and a deep and terrifying darkness descended upon him. When the sun had gone down and it was dark, a smoking firepot and a flaming torch passed between these pieces. On that day the Lord made a covenant with Abram, saying, To your descendants I give this land from the river of Egypt to the great river, the river Euphrates. Here ends the reading. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. I want to use this story we just heard from Genesis to talk about what it means to have faith. So maybe you've heard me say before, at its most basic level, faith means trust. And we'll look at that in the story of Abram. To have faith means to act trusting God, to believe what God says. It's not one of our readings today, but Hebrews chapter 11, maybe you're familiar with it. It's sort of a faith hall of fame. It includes people like Noah, who built the ark to save humanity. It includes Moses, who led God's people out of slavery. Rahab, who welcomed the Israelite spies. People like David, Samson, Samuel, and more. But in this hall of fame, the biblical hero of faith who gets the most time from the writer of Hebrews is Abraham. Listen to Hebrews chapter 11, verses 8 through 10. It says, By faith, Abraham obeyed when he, was called out to set, when he was called to set out for a place that he was to receive as an inheritance. And he set out, not knowing where he was going. By faith, he stayed for a time in the land he had been promised, as in a foreign land, living in tents, as did Isaac and Jacob, who were heirs with him of the same promise, For he looked forward to the city that has foundations, whose architect and builder is God. So, at the beginning of Abram's story, he's a herdsman living with his wife Sarai and his nephew Lot and some other relatives in a land called Haran. Oh, and also his name is Abram, not Abraham. That gets changed later in the story. Suddenly, pretty much out of the blue, when Abram is 75 years old, God shows up and says to him, Abram, follow me. Literally, come and follow me on a journey. Get up, leave your country, leave your family's land behind, and follow me. And I will bless you and make your name great. And Abram listens. He takes his wife and his nephew and his whole household, and they pack up and they leave to go where God tells them to go. What an incredible example of faith, trusting in God's promise. As the story goes, they get sidetracked a bit in Egypt, and the pharaoh, the ruler of Egypt, really likes Abram's wife, Sarai, and so Abram pretends that Sarai is actually his sister, not his wife, because he's afraid that pharaoh will want to get him out of the way so that he can have Sarai for himself, and then when God sends some plagues onto Egypt to punish pharaoh for having another man's wife, Pharaoh gets upset and kicks them out of Egypt. But once they leave Egypt, they keep traveling. They keep moving around, following where God leads for years and years. And every few years, God reminds Abram about this promise. I'm going to bless you. I will make your name great. I'll make a great nation out of you. In Canaan, God says, look at all this land. Look around you. It's all going to belong to your offspring who will be as numerous as the dust on the earth. Today's reading that we just heard from Genesis 15 is another one of those reminders from God to Abram. Once again, the word of the Lord comes to Abram in a vision. 
But this time, unlike the other times, Abram has some questions. Now, he's been a great example of faith so far, right? By faith, he has followed God for years, waiting for God to fulfill God's promise. There was that awkward incident in Egypt where he tried to take things into his own hands. But other than that, on the whole, he's been very faithful for years and years and years. And remember, he wasn't exactly young when God called him in the first place. And so now, when once again God says, I am going to bless you, Abram objects. He points out, um, God, thank you for the promise, but I have no children. Maybe, you've, maybe you haven't noticed that. My wife and I are, are both getting pretty old here. I know that you're God. I want to trust you. But I'm just not seeing how I'm going to have numerous descendants if I die without having any kids. I mean, right now, the heir to my property is Eleazar of Damascus, my slave. Abram's questions are reasonable, right? And I don't know about you, but I really appreciate that he has questions, and he's not afraid to ask them. As commenter Daniel Debevoise says, We might breathe a sigh of relief at this revelation. Abram, the great model of faithfulness, is also a person who wants to know how God is going to fulfill God's promises. Abram looks at his life and says, It is unclear to me, God, how you are going to work things out. There are some pretty big obstacles in the way. I'd like to have just a little bit more information. So I appreciate this story because, well, <laughs> I've got questions too. I talked last week, if you saw that message, about paradoxes of faith. Like, we believe in a God who's in charge, reigning over the world, able to act in people's lives and in history, and yet this world is clearly broken. There are millions, maybe billions of people in the world right now praying for peace. And yet every day, violence happens. The war in Ukraine seems to be getting worse with more people, innocent people, even kids, suffering and dying. We've had in our congregation two funerals in the last eight days, both of them women who dealt with far more than their fair share of health problems, who are 71 and 69, not very old. I could come up with more examples, so could you, but my point is that I have some questions for the God whose kingdom is coming, the God whose Holy Spirit we believe is at work in the world right now, in and through us, who's on the move in this world. And I'm pretty sure I'm not the only one with questions. Let me be clear, I don't have answers to these questions, at least not ones that will satisfy skeptics. I can talk about how we live in a fallen creation, how we're in a liminal space where death has been defeated by the resurrection, and yet God's victory is not yet fulfilled. I can talk about how we know the end of the story in the book of Revelation. We know eventually God wins. I can talk about how the brokenness and the suffering of this world are the result of sin, the result of living in a broken world, how God is present with us in the suffering as revealed in Jesus' own suffering on the cross. I can talk about how the Holy Spirit is working through the body of Christ, the church, how even through the gifts we have, even through the gifts that we give to help our neighbors fleeing the violence in Ukraine, God is at work. And I believe all that. 
and it's as good of answers as I expect to get in this life, or at least until Jesus comes back in glory. I can live with those questions. In fact, part of faith is living with the questions. If we had all the answers, it wouldn't be faith, right? That same Faith Hall of Fame chapter in Hebrews that lifts up Abraham begins with the words, Faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. I appreciate, though, this story because even this central character in God's plan, this character whom the Bible itself holds up as a great example of faith, even he has questions. And he doesn't get all the answers. Part of it works out in his lifetime eventually, but he still has questions. He brings those questions to God, and look how God responds. God repeats the promise once again, bringing Abraham, bringing Abram outside and saying, See how many stars there are up there? When you count them, you'll know how many descendants you'll have. And Abram, it says, believed God, and it was reckoned to him as righteousness. And then two verses later, he asks God, asks God again for some proof which leads to one of the strangest miracles, I think, in all of Scripture. God tells Abraham, Abram, not Abraham yet, God tells Abram to sacrifice some animals, which Abram does, and then he cuts them into two halves and lays the halves out on the ground. And notice, by the way, he's going a bit beyond the directions God gave him. And it seems really, really odd, this story. But this was the custom in the time at the time in that culture for making solemn agreements, vows, promises, contracts. The two parties to the contract or the covenant would sacrifice animals, lay out the halves, and then starting at opposite ends, they would walk down the middle between the dead, the dead animal halves. And the idea is that if they fail to keep the covenant they're making, they should be cut in half like the animals. I think I like our method of shaking hands and signing on the dotted line a little bit better. But I'm not sure if this is the exact ritual God's going for, if this is exactly what God intended to do, but it's a language Abram understands. It's the proof Abram needs, at least at that moment. Verse 17, When the sun had gone down and it was dark, a smoking fire pit and a flaming torch passed between the pieces. On that day, the Lord made a covenant with Abram. Notice that God is the only one who passes through the animals. It's a one-sided covenant. God is going to bless Abram regardless of his doubts. All Abram is called to do, all Abram can do, is to trust. That is faith. Does Abram know how this is going to work? No. He still does not understand. Over the next several chapters of Genesis, if you keep reading the story, God will repeat the promise several more times. And just when you think Abram understands and believes, he tries to take things into his own hands again. He tries to get descendants by going into Hagar, his wife's slave girl, and it, it doesn't go well. Not until he's 100 years old will Abraham finally get his own legitimate son, Isaac. But at the end of the story, we see God is trustworthy. Even when Abram's faith falters, even when Abram has doubts and questions and he messes up by trying to take things into his own hands, God is faithful. 
God keeps God's promises. God is worthy of our trust, and God can handle our questions. As we continue in this season of Lent, journeying with Jesus to the cross, may you know and trust God's promise of love for you. The covenant of love, the new covenant God has made with you. May God be patient with us as we, like Abraham, wrestle with faith and questions. May God give you the signs you need, the nudges and the reminders from the Holy Spirit, not to answer all your questions, but to stir up faith in you. And may the peace of God, which passes all human understanding, keep our hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus our Lord, now and forever. Amen. Again, thank you for joining me today for this message. If you'd like to donate to support our ministry here at St. Peter, we'd really appreciate it. You can do that by dropping a check off at the church office, mailing in your offering, or go online to stpetergreen.com giving, and you can give online. One more thing in this service, after the benediction, I want to share with you a video from uh, ELCA Presiding Bishop Elizabeth Eaton addressing the situation in Ukraine, the invasion there by Russia, and talking about how the church is responding and caring for refugees. So stick around for a minute and watch that update from Bishop Eaton. Now, receive the benediction. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord's face shine on you with grace and mercy. May the Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. Amen.